come and watch the rest. But how many know that is a perfect image that where there's no unity, He'll pick you off one at a time. And it said, even said, as you were reading the close caption, you can see, they are shouting confusion. We wonder why the church is not more effective today. Is because we're not as unified as Paul prayed that we're supposed to be. Jesus prayed three times, Lord, let them be one as we're one. How many know he said four times just in that clip, as one? Everybody together, shout, as one! Oh, we do better than that. Let's make the devil. You heard him giggling? Let's make the devil cry instead of giggle. One, two, three. As one! Yeah! Yeah, as one! See, that's how we've got to be. Amen! As one. He says we have a better chance of surviving anything that comes out of the gate as one. As one. You know, we started this year, a week before last, uh, I preached on Paul's prayer on unity out of Romans, but uh, and we skipped over, and I told you about Ephesians 4. How many went back and read Ephesians 4 from your notes? I knew you didn't, so I thought we'd start off there tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Such good. Ecclesiastes is Ephesians in Hebrew. So turn over to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And, and I just, uh, I want you to see this after this clip. Because we have a better chance of surviving together than being alone. You notice the ones who did not get locked their shields together, they were being taken out one at a time. But if we can be unified, if we can learn the power of unity and pray for the spirit of unity in the body. And it says here in Ephesians 4 verse 9, Ecclesiastes, thank you, Ecclesiastes. This is the Living Bible. It says, I love the Living Bible. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one. And they get a better return for their labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. On a cold night, two under the same blanket can gain warmth from each other. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. That's verse 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. We saw that in that clip. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. And a triple braided cord is not easily broken. But I tell you what, we're usually 80 to 90 to 100 on Wednesday night. So what can we do standing together? Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to finish this prayer on Paul tonight, then I feel instructed by the Holy Spirit to do something tonight that goes along with, with all of this that I believe is going to break some things in the Spirit. And then next Tuesday, we want to do some things at prayer meeting. I understand there was like 37 at prayer last night. I was in a pastor's meeting. Uh, I got home about 10, 1030. Uh, but it wasn't all pastor's meeting. It was going to eat out with pastors afterwards also. But anyway, uh, I was so proud and so thankful for all those who are coming to intercessory prayer and are so faithful. And let's just go over what Paul prayed in Romans, the book of Romans chapter 14. 
And thank God we can stand together. And you know, we all have family. And the body of Christ is like a family. And, and there's something that I feel is so important that we've got to understand. Is that how many of you know that relationship is more important than rights? It's more important for me to have relationship than it is for me to have my rights. It's more important to have relationship than I have my right or I get my way. Or whatever would seem to interfere. It's about Christ being exalted and Christ being magnified. And the enemy tries to come in and bring division. And when they say one of the number one problems in the church, number one problem in the family, the divorce rate, over 50-some percent. Because there's a spirit of division loosed upon this country. And also... We've lost the level of endurance that we need today. And so we see that if we stay together, we can fight against whatever comes against us. Amen. And Paul prayed this in Romans chapter 14, verse 13. Paul was praying, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. Verse 14. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything is unclean, to him it is unclean. For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him whom Christ died. Now let me just bring this in modern terms. I shared with you that Paul is writing to the barbarians. He's writing to the Jews. He's writing to the Gentiles. He's writing to the Greeks. He's writing to the slaves. He's writing to kings. He's writing to slave owners. He's writing to all these different groups of people who have become born again. And they've got so many different cultures and so many things. And and this is what Paul is saying. Listen, the church is made up today of all nationalities, all cultures, and everything. Just let loose and drop the insignificant things. And let's focus that you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I have been redeemed and purchased by Christ. So instead of measuring on the little things as food or any other thing like that, let's measure on that we've got to maintain purpose and we've got to magnify the Lord together and exalt Him together as one body. So that's what Paul is trying to say there. And he goes on to say in verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who is... This way serves Christ, is acceptable to God, and approved by men. Verse 19. So then, we pursue the things which make for peace. We pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Amen. How many know that this is the vision that Paul is wanting us to learn? How to live in the area of self-control and to pursue peace. And if there's a situation, pray for peace. And pray that God's peace, which is one of the parts of our armor and part of our weaponry to fight against the enemy, that peace will have its way in our life and that we will find out that it's more important that we're bonded together than the things that are trying to separate us and tear us apart. Unity is needed for power. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, I want you, it says, in, and we won't have to look it up, but it says in Romans 15, verse 5 and 6, May the God of patience and encouragement grant all of you this. How many know we need patience and endurance to get along with each other? Amen? 
And so we, we, we see that they don't, we don't need no divisions. We don't need no strife. But the word patience there in Greek means cheerful and hopeful endurance. Cheerful and hopeful endurance. It means waiting. And, and you know, and, uh, how can I say this without tasting the taste of my foot again? When you first get married, we've been married over 25 years, so it's, I, but when you get married, how many of you know, well, let me just say, how many of you had a mother who believed in you more than your wife did when you first got married and got into your first few fights? How many of you know mama was patient? Honey wasn't patient. Oh, that's all right, Cindy. Russell, Russell's going to change in that area. But I want him to change him now. But Mama was all patient and loving. I see a few smiles in here, so I'm okay. Hallelujah. She's smiling. I'm real okay. <laughs> but there's a, there was a difference in the patience of my mother than the patience of my new bride. There was a difference in the expectation of my mother than there was in my new bride or her and me, both ways. And in the body of Christ, if we could have that not only brotherly love, but also mother-fatherly love. The love of the Father has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So I don't only love you as a brother, I love you as a father. Because the heart of a father, the love of a father has been shed abroad in my heart. So I don't give up on my brother and my sister or my son and my daughter. Because they may fall and make a mistake. As a father, when they were learning to walk. Just because they fail, I never said they'll never learn. I just said, come on, baby, get up again. And so I believe that there's that relationship, which is more important than rights, that Christ wants to build into the body of Christ. Amen. And so it talks here about uh, patient endurance, cheerful and hopeful endurance, waiting, trials and service for the Lord. It means under chastisement. That's what the word patient means. Keeping on under chastisements. Undeserved uh, affliction. It, it means to be part of the fruit. Pa- peace is part of the fruit. Patience is part of the fruit. It means character. It means long-suffering. It means to bear patiently. All of these things. We went over these things week before last. And then the word encouragement or consolation means to exhort or to comfort. To uh, comfort one another. To be of one mind. To speak with one voice. To act and speak in harmony and according to uh, our head, Jesus Christ. A unity to which we can glorify Him. And I shared with you that many people say, you know, it's not a matter of uh, whether we agree or disagree. Some people say, you know, unity is disagreeing. Unity is learning how to agree. But the truth is, unity is getting the mind of Christ. For example, Jesus said, the things I see the Father do, that's what I do. And he prayed in John 17 that we may be one as he and the Father is one. So how were they one? Because they acted the same. Jesus also said, the words that I speak are the words I hear from my Father. So he was at one with his Father because he acted like his Father and he spoke like his Father. And the world saw the unity of heaven and earth together. 
Now, in a church, it's not that the whole church ends up sounding just like the pastor or ends up sounding like one of the leaders or, or starts mimicking or trying to act just like somebody. He's, got, he's given us all our personalities and our temperaments. We're who we are. But the closer we get to Christ and the more we sound like Him and the more we act like Him, and each and every one of us is walking in a relationship with Jesus. We are praying. We're reading the Word of God. We're filling our heart with the Word of God. We're coming in the know the Lord each time more and more intimately to where it's amazing that wow, you sound just like I, you sound just like my devotion this morning when the Spirit was speaking to me. Wow, you're acting just like what I read in the Word today. And it's easy for me to walk in unity with someone that sounds like my father, acts like my father, looks like my father. It's easy to walk in unity because we're walking as a family because we're all imitators of God as dear children. And that's not easy. And so we're going to look at some things where I left off a week before last in in knowing how to be like Christ and and different areas we've got to be like Him uh, in unity of speech and unity of deed. And so I just want to give you a few points tonight on how can we accomplish, a few points of how to accomplish being like Christ. And number one, let me give you the first one. And you don't have to look this up. Matthew 22, 37 through 41. You can just read it later. But it's where Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. Amen? How can I be more like Jesus? Well, who loved the Lord with all of his heart, all of his soul, and all of his mind more than Jesus did? And when I start walking in that area, and Father, I just love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, my emotions, my intellect, all of my mind. And the next thing says, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I cannot love my neighbor or my brother or my sister as myself if I'm not loving my father with all of my heart, my soul, and my mind. Because somebody's going to try my mind, and somebody's going to try my heart, somebody's going to break our heart, somebody's going to push the wrong button. How many of you know, amen? Something's going to happen because we're all humans and we all have our our areas and all that. So something's going to happen. But if I started my day and I practiced living in the presence of God and I practiced worshiping Him, Father, I love your heart, your soul, and your mind. I want your heart more than I want my own heart's rights. If I have the heart of Jesus, then I'm going to have the heart to surrender my rights to keep peace. And that's hard to do. But it's how we identify who's of the body. So number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Number two, write this down, the second way to learn how to copy Christ. And listen, isn't that, isn't that our goal? Isn't, isn't that really our main purpose? It's not who sings the best. It's not who does the most ministry. It's not who gives the most. Our goal in life is to be like Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. That is the biggest goal. It's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. I die daily that Christ may be manifested in me. The main goal is to be like Christ. So number two, focus and stay focused on who you are in Christ Jesus. Because I tell you, different things that come your way at work, at school, in the traffic, at home, in church, in family, whatever the case may be, things you hear, things you go through, it's so easy to lose focus. So you've got to focus and stay focused. Wait a minute, what would Jesus do? Wait a minute, how would Jesus respond? He said, oh, wait a minute, he said, bless those who persecute you. 
He says, oh, he says, feed your enemies. Oh, so I've got to focus and stay focused. If I've got to get all the scriptures in my concordance and I've got to get books on how to forgive and, 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 and understand, get all the scriptures about how I'm supposed to treat my enemies and how I'm supposed to learn self-denial and learn self-control, I've got to focus and stay focused that my goal in life is to be more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because when we received Christ on the inside of us, how many know we received His Spirit? Our spirit became reborn and, and that is supposed to grow on the inside of us. I remember when, when one of my boys was real, when Cody, the oldest boy, was real small, we bought him one of these little alligators in that condition that you put in water, and it expands. And there's a sister uh, in the church that uh, I always tease, and I'm not going to say who it is, but anyway, and I don't think she's here tonight, so I'm safe. But I was on a trip, and I found her a little man that you put in water, and the man grows. So I said, here, I bought you a man. So, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> he's a faith man. you know. He, anyway, to get away from that, anyway, what, you take this little toy, you put it in water, and it grows and expands. Well, how many of you know that that's what we do as we water the seed of the Spirit with the washing of the water of the Word? Everything's talked in the Word of God about seed, seed form, seed form. The love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, but it's a seed Faith, seed. Hope, seed. Faith, seed. So the more I meditate and stay focused on that area of the Word, the more that grows on the inside of me. Amen? So I renew my, I renew my thought life by meditating and staying focused on God's Word day and night and being transformed. And of course, you know Colossians chapter 3 and Romans 12, 1. If I abide in the Word then, and, and uh, His Word abides in me, then His anointing and His life will abide in me, and I will not let it depart from my eyes, but I will keep it, and that will be the authority in my life. Number three. Number three, Joe, just write down Joe chapter 3, verse 10. You don't have to look it up. Joe chapter 3, verse 10. How many know what it says? Anybody? Let the weak. Now you got it. Joe three ten. Let the weak say, I'm strong. You need to write that down. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. That joy which comes from above is my strength. Amen. The prophet prophesied, not by my, not, not by my might, nor by my power, but by His Spirit, saith the Lord. So the weak, if I'm weak in the area of patience, if I'm weak in the area of love, if I'm weak in the area of long-suffering, if I'm weak in one of the areas of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then I just stay focused and I just keep meditating and I keep proclaiming, I keep, keep decreeing in the name of Jesus that I am strong in love. I am strong as a peace giver. I am strong in self-control. I am strong in, in, in walking in unity and, and forgiving and loving in Jesus' name. Okay? Number four. If I want to be like Christ, a healthy fear of the Lord. A healthy fear and reverence of the Lord. When we started this, I gave you a number of scriptures where it said over and over again, and Jesus knowing their thoughts. And Jesus knowing their thoughts. I gave six scriptures where it says, and Jesus knowing their thoughts. I mean, you just focus, meditate on that. That will bring some fear of the Lord. And so as we meditate on these things, Reverence for God. Lord, I don't want to do anything that displeases you. I don't want my attitude and my character to displease you. So I thank you for strengthening the area of character that I can walk in peace and love with you. Amen? Number five. 
To be an imitator of God. To be an imitator of God. Life of holiness. Write down the fruit of the Spirit. Peace, love, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And, and imitating God in who God is. The fruit of who He is. God is patience. God is comfort. God is peace. God is love. So I've got to imitate God in all those areas. And that may, that may seem basic, but I think it's one of the most powerful things we could walk in. Imitating God in peace, in love, in joy. Amen. We all want to imitate Him in power. But I think the power comes as we learn to imitate Him in, in, in the priestly order of the fruit of the Spirit. Then I believe that will open the door for the kingly order to come in. Amen. Number six. Purity. If I want to be like Jesus, I want to be pure in words. I want to be pure in my actions. I want to be pure in deeds. You know, Jesus might have whipped the money changers and he might have flipped the tables. Before he did that, he took a walk and he cursed the fig tree. And he made sure his heart and his mind and everything was subject to the will of the Father. Then he went back and he whipped them in love. How many of you have ever whipped your kids out of anger? Don't raise your hand. What he did, he did out of zeal for the Father. The zeal of my Father has consumed me. And so whatever we do, we have to make sure that we're doing out of purity of desires, purity out of attitude. Number seven, it says, let the peace of God rule our hearts. Let the peace of God rule our hearts. I've got to constantly be checking my heart. Lord, according to Psalms 51, try me to be any wicked way, leave me in the way everlasting. Number eight, meditating on what is true, what is noble, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So I've got to meditate on what Jesus meditated on. If I want to be like Christ, number nine, number nine, let no corrupt communication. Proceed out of your mouth, but that which is edifying. If I want to be like Christ, I'll not let any corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth, but that which is edifying to the body of Christ. Amen. To be like Christ, number 10. If I want to be like Christ, number 10, I will not repay evil. I will not repay evil for good. I will not repay the wrong. I will not repay evil for good. Number 11, I will walk in the Spirit. I will walk in the Spirit. And number 12, I will study the truth of the Word. I read to you Sunday about we belong to truth. In 1 John it says we belong to the truth. We are the truth. But I will study the truth so that I can discern between truth and error. Right and wrong. How can I live like Christ? It says in the beginning He was the Word and the Word was God and the Word was with God. And we beheld the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. How can I be like Christ unless I'm meditating upon the Word of God? And, 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 I, and, I'm, and I'm learning what is the truth and what is the right way so that I can stay away from the wrong way. Amen. Just write this down. Romans 12, 5 says, So we, being many, 
are one body. Say one body. One. Say as one. Ah, oh, we are one body in Christ. Every one, every one members one of another. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, "You're one. Of, you're a member of mine. You're one of my members. We're joined together." Wouldn't you like to be joined at the hip for about a week with one another? <laughs> oh, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Argentina, I used to go in the hospital and visit, and there'd be 12 to 14 beds in the same room. And there was no air conditioning in summertime, just the window open, and 14 people in there, and the fans going, and the flies everywhere, and the little fly straps hanging down. Staying in it, boy, 14 people in the same room. Hallelujah. But how many you know Christ can repair broken relationships? Wouldn't that bring God the greatest glory in repairing broken relationships? Amen. In relationships that are damaged? Amen. You know, it's proven that the church is not more effective than it is. I mean, we could win all the elections if the church would unify. We could see, we we could see the things that have happened in our nation that has come down from the level this this nation was built for. We could have seen things not happen in this nation if the church would unify. In a lot of places, it's amazing, even right now, that the Protestants and the Catholics in some of the northern states are coming together, and because they're coming together, they are overthrowing many laws that we are against. So thank God. That, we're, that there's some differences being put aside and there's a unity coming together saying, this is immoral. This is not right. We were against, we were against homosexual marriages. We were against homosexuals adopting children. We were against all these different types of things. And thank God that there is this unity coming together. And that's what we need in this hour. Amen. Just think about businesses. How strong would businesses be if no workers would speak against the other? A lot of people say, you know, my business is failing. My business is just, my business is, is not doing well. Well, you know, how many know that a boss is going to check out his employees? And when they can't stand each other and they're fighting and they're feuding, well, that's not going to help the morale and that's not going to help the business. And so we see that if, if we learn this walking in unity, the importance of unity, businesses would do better. Churches would do better. I mean, the economy would grow because of unity. If, if employees would stop fighting with each other. How about unhappy marriages? Divorces? Why? Spirit of division. Well, you know what? I don't have to put up with you. Well, I don't have to put up with you either. Well, good. Good. Well, you leave. I'm gone. Huh? You see that on TV all the time. I know it don't happen in your house, but you see it on TV all the time, huh? Well, just go. I'm gone. Well, just go. You won't see me again. You see that all the time. Why? We're not going to work this out. We're just going to end it. That's the mentality of America. I can get another job. I can get another husband. I can go to another church. Let's just end this now. And there's not that endurance and patience of what the Word teaches of sticking together. 
The glorious church, as Sister Christy heard last Wednesday, she taught it was such an awesome message. I heard it today. But the glorious church cannot exist with disunity in the body. How can we say we are a glorious church when there's fighting and feuding and, and, and little bitty things and the Father says, well, let me open the door. Let me check out my church today. Oh, no, close it, Gabriel. I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear praises and, and they're, they're telling me to kill somebody. They're telling me to, to take somebody this. They're telling me to do this. They're, they're telling me what this person did to them. I don't want to see this. It, it stops the glory of the Lord. To submit to what the Word says is to submit to Christ. The Word says or demands that we restore what is broken and damaged relationships. Look at me in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read this amplified. This is a very strong portion of Scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. We're teaching here on how to be more like Christ. I want to be, I've got a long ways to go, but I'm not giving up. Amen? Y'all not giving up on me either, huh? Hallelujah. Well, you better not, because I've got a scripture for you if you are. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, this is the Amplified Bible. For if you forgive people their trespasses, and listen how the Amplified Bible put it, their reckless and willful sins. <coughs> reckless and willful sins. If you forgive their willful and reckless sins, and then it goes on to say, leaving them, Letting them go, leaving them, and letting them go, and giving up resentment, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, leaving them, letting them go, and giving up resentment, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. How many know Jesus preached that? How many know that was Jesus' message? Amen. Amen? Repentance is forgiveness and applying forgiveness. Criticism is to condemn and reject. Look with me, Romans chapter 8. Paul more or less was preaching the same thing here. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. That this mind being which was also in Christ Jesus, to be connected to the head, we must be connected to the head, live like him. It says in Romans eight twenty nine, for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of his son, to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he thus foreordained, he also called, and those who he called, he also justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them into right standing with himself. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. You know what this means? Jesus gave up all his glory, all his honor, all his pride. 
to become like us so that we could become like Him. He laid His life down. He laid His honor down. He laid His pride down. He laid His rights down. He said, I could call for 10,000 angels, but I laid that right down. I could sue you and take everything there is, but I laid that right down, right now. I could tell some things on you that nobody knows, but I lay that right down, right now. I could start some trouble, but I take that right and I lay it down right now. I could get involved in gossip and slander, but I lay that right down. I could do it, but I'm not going to. Why? Like Christ, I lay that right down right now. That we may be conforming to His likeness, His inward likeness, His image. So I lay that right down. That's how we conquer temptation. Oh, I could go and do something, but I lay that right down because my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I'm not free to pursue my will. Thy will be done. Thy will will be done, not mine. Amen, church. Amen. I have to even, I have to even give up the rights in the area of my emotion. I'm not saying you can do it right away. But I've got to give up that right and walk in that direction by faith. Lord, even the area of emotions where I have been hurt and where I've been battling, I give up the right to keep those wounds alive in the area of my emotion. And I lay before you, I repent and I forgive, I love. That you heal me in the area of my emotions. Amen? How many of you know, according to 1 John, he, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful just to forgive us. Amen? You know what that says? Every... Christian has the right to be forgiven. We all sin. And if we know we sin, we know He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Every believer has the right to be forgiven. We all say, Amen. Amen. Well then, that's not only like this, but every believer has the right to be forgiven. God forgives us of all reckless, willful sins. He says, you must forgive all willful, reckless sins. Leave them and let them go. Amen. Didn't we read that tonight? I think everybody's cold. Anybody cold? Did you bring your meat? Well, hang it up and keep it. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you know we all want everybody to forgive us? Amen. Do you know, we, how blessed are we? Do you know, did anybody sin yesterday? Yeah. Who said yeah? Well, I ain't going to ask you what you did. But how many know, we might have made a, we might have sinned yesterday. But how many know, Vincent, you asked forgiveness, didn't you? Well, Jesus let it go and he released it, didn't he? How many of you, I've been saved 38 years. I sinned 10 years ago. I mean, I've sinned since then too. But I sinned it ten years ago. I don't remember what it is, but guess what? He don't either. <laughs> Whatever I did ten years ago, I don't know what it was. She made me mad, I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I don't know what it was, but all I do know is that I repented and it's forgiven. I sinned twenty years ago. But guess what? I don't remember what it is. God don't remember what it is. Well, if it's that way, this way, I wonder if it's supposed to be. 
Hallelujah. This is good preaching. And this is Wednesday night. Huh? Unforgiveness. Forgiveness restores us to Christ. Unforgiveness restores us to Satan. Unforgiveness restores us back to the power of the enemy. Mm. Matthew eighteen nineteen. Matthew eighteen nineteen. This also is the Amplified Bible. How important is it to be in unity and walk together? Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be already permitted in heaven. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything that they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers into my name, there I am in the midst of them. And isn't it something what verse 21 says? Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive him and let it go? Isn't it something when he starts talking about binding and loosening? First thing somebody thinks about is, you mean I've got to forgive my brother? Forgiveness. Why? Because when he said, it takes two of you to agree, Peter's thinking, I don't know of one person I can come in agreement with right now. <laughs> but just think about it. Think of the church of Senla in such perfect harmony. I'm in Walmart and i got an emergency. I just found out on the cell phone. And I can see any of you, and there's nothing between us. And since it's emergency, it's dear to my heart, I could take a hold of you whether you've been saved long or not. But it says two of us agree. If there's unity, there's harmony. Wherever I am, if I could find somebody that I know I'm in unity with, any one of you, I could pray. And no matter how urgent it was on the phone, it'll be done by Father in heaven. Amen. That's powerful. Could this be the reason, the big reason why churches don't see more miracles? Could this be the reason why so many prayers are not answered? So many words not coming to pass. So many prophecies left unfilled. Because we take, we've been taught, take the word and war with it. Take your prophecy and war with it. But we're not warned to stay in unity as much as we're warned for the prophet. Oh, 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 oh. come on, charismatics. I hear so much about warring with the prophecy. But about how about warring for peace and unity so that the word can come to pass? Sookie, sookie, sookie. That's good. That's good. Somebody needs to go on TVN and preach this. It's not just warring for your prophecy. Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Or are you in harmony and unity with God? We see more miracles.
We need agreement at all costs. We want power to be in His house. We want the mountains to be moved. We know that nothing is impossible if we meet the conditions set forth in His Word. It is an act of my will. It's not how I feel. It's an act of my will. And it's not how I feel. Now, I finished... But there's something I want to do that I I feel I've got to do. And we're going to be doing some different things. But as you know, you know, different ones have, even the week we were gone, there was uh, six accidents and there's been different things happening. And I was with a number of pastors yesterday and there's just a number of attacks and battles going over. And as I was reading this and sharing this, there's something I've got to do tonight and we could do it together. I mean, God paid for this house. This is God's house. When we laid the foundation, we got stones and got scriptures on those stones. And it's in the cement. Before we laid this carpet and we put this wood, there's everywhere there is, all over this building, there's scriptures everywhere. And promises of God. Every two by four is covered with scriptures and promises. We got it on video. Many of us were here. How many were here when we were here that night? See, See, a number of us were here that night. Some of us writing all those scriptures all over the place. This is the foundation that God laid. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is his church. Of course, we're his body, but this is his church. I'm going to repent. To this land and to this building. For strife. And division. I'm going to repent to this vision of God. This is the heart of God. He paid for it. He built it. And I'm going to repent for Him, to Him, the Maker and the one who gave the vision for this word of grace. I've got to repent to Him tonight for the division and the strife we've had in this body. Because we have sinned on this holy ground. There's been sin and we have defiled the ground. We have defiled the ground. Because some chose to get angry and bitter instead of better and in love. And that's how strongly I feel about this message. That it's not just a simple, okay, I forgive you, let's drop it. But there's, we have sinned against this heart vision of God. And we want the power, and we thank God of all the miracles we do here and we do see all the time. But I want His presence, and like Sister Christy taught last week, we want His glory more than anything else. And so, we're going to repent tonight. And I'm going to repent. And Heavenly Father, I come before You in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is your heart and your vision and you built, you, you ordained this piece of property, this building that has been built, everything on and around this property, you gave it to us as stewards. And as stewards before you, Heavenly Father, in telling us to watch how we build upon the foundation, I come before you tonight, Father, and I just pray for mercy and I pray for forgiveness. 
And I pray that you cover and you forgive us for defiling this building, defiling these chairs, defiling this property with strife, divisions, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, pride, arrogancy, religion. Lord, we come tonight and we ask this land and this building to forgive us. Forgive us for not being Christ-like in His building, in His house, on His property. I plead the blood of Jesus that redeems and sets free over the four corners of this property and over the four corners of this building. I thank You for redeeming this property from what it was. And we ask this land to be forgiven for the prostitution, everything that was done upon it years past. But now we have purchased it for the glory of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And everything that was against you and against your word and defilement on this property, every word that has been spoken in area of defilement upon this property or in this building against you, we repent of it tonight. And we thank you, Father, that you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us and cleanse this land and cleanse this building and have a spiritual cleaning and spiritual cleansing in every area of this property building and in our lives so we can come together and worship in perfect harmony with perfect hearts before you, O Father. I thank you that you are faithful and just. I thank you have heard our cry tonight. And we think that the bondages and the boundaries and the limitations set by any reason be broken and divided tonight. And Satan's power and influence upon this ministry, this property, this building, these people in any way. He has, you have Satan. You have no legal rights or authority. You have no legal rights or authority over this building upon this land, upon the believer's finances, upon the believer's lives, upon the believer's homes, upon the believer's families. Satan, you have, Lucifer, you have no legal right to touch the anointed of the Lord in any area. We are as one in Christ Jesus. We are seated in heavenly Christ in heavenly places, in Christ, right now, tonight. And we rebuke you, devourer. We rebuke and bind the spirit of infirmity. We bind accident proneness. We come against every form of accident. We come against strokes, sicknesses, and diseases. We come against poverty and religion. And we say, devil, you have no legal rights. We take authority over all principalities and powers, wicked spirit and rulers in high places. And we decree and we proclaim through fasting and prayer on this day that this day be noted in heaven as it is now on earth and in hell. That for us and our houses and we as a body, we will serve the Lord. This church is not built to serve ourselves. This church is built 
to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And because I pray for all the fallen and wickedness broken off of this land, building, and ministry, I thank you for the complete and total hedge around this ministry and these families that we are one. That any negative word, any hex, any vex, any witchcraft, any incantations, the, the, the fasting of the witches for the failures of the believers, all demonic prayers and hexes and vexes, all forms of witchcraft and voodoo. No weapon formed against word of grace and its body can prosper. And every word spoken against this body in its entirety, it's already condemned. Because we have the truth. We condemn the lies. We have the Lord. And we have the blood. And we overcome. The demonic attacks of the enemy this night and these next days forward as we walk through this. We stand strong against the enemy. And we thank you for an open heaven over this church. Praise you for the freedom we have already started experiencing. But I praise you for this freedom of the spirit in entirety. Thank you for the new people who are coming in. The emails I'm getting of lives being transformed that day. I praise you for filling this church with hungry people. Hungry people who out of their own hearts are already saying no to sin. And yes to righteousness and holiness. We're in this world, but we are not of it. And we will not be imitators of it, but we be, will be imitators of God. And I praise you, Holy Spirit, for building this work to please you. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's stand up, please. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise. Let's give the Lord praise. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As one. As one. As one. As one. As one. As one. Hallelujah. 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 Oh. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every critical judgmental word is broken. 
off of this platform, off of this worship team. Off of this worship team. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Mm. I'm seeing green sprouts starting to sprout. I see green sprouts sprouting. I see green sprouts sprouting. Hallelujah. The, the time of fall and winter is past and the spirit and spring is here. Glory be to God. I see green sprouts sprouting. New beginnings. Freshness. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. I break every condemning word against any ministry and minister and partner of this church. In the name of Jesus. Every member and every partner and minister of, and ministry of this church cannot be touched in any way, shape, or form by the enemy in Jesus' name. You cannot touch me. You cannot touch them. You cannot touch Christ. You cannot touch them. You cannot defeat Christ. You cannot defeat His body. We have risen to walk in the victory and the defeat of Satan. We take that dominion now in Jesus' name. By the authority of Christ Jesus. By the authority of Christ Jesus. Lord, just let your spirit go out as lightning from this place and break over the heavenlies. Break over the highway. Break over this city. Break over this area. Break over other churches. Break over the other, our other family members. Break over oh, this entire area in Jesus' name. We command the death toll that has doubled to stop in central Louisiana. The death toll that has doubled just this year in accidents. We break it. In Jesus' name, this will be known not as a place of thievery and murder and violence and death. But central Louisiana will be known as a place of life, prosperity, peace and glory. In Jesus' name. 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 The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yay. Woo. We cut a few heads off tonight. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know, if you don't want the enemy to speak, keep your foot on his mouth. If you don't want a snake to bite, keep your foot on his mouth. Amen? 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 Eve should have stepped on that serpent and we wouldn't be here right now. But we can do it. Do you know when God told Adam and Eve, to be fruitful and take care of the garden. He meant what was in the garden to be expanded outside of the garden. He started in the garden to take over the whole earth with how the garden was. 
Jesus came, brought back the original plan, implanted it in you, so that what is in heaven be expanded here on earth as the garden was supposed to expand. Ho! Ho! Ha ha ha! Let it be here on earth. You got that, didn't you? Hallelujah. Well, you take it. You war with it. Hug a neck. Shake a hand. Tell somebody you love them. Tell everybody you love them. Love you. If you have a need, we will be here to pray with you. Because we do love you and we stand with you. Tell somebody you love them. You dismiss. We will see you Sunday morning, nine o'clock. Hallelujah! Fulfillment in life. What, what's the name of the series? Fully alive. Fully alive. Sunday morning, nine o'clock. Fully alive. Sunday school. Awesome class. Youth and children's Sunday school. And then Sunday morning, ten thirty. God bless you. God bless you.